Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates new england patriots fans fans of the nfl shield fantasy football betters anyone i may have left out far and wide welcome in to episode number 110 of the talking the line podcast on this beautiful august 25th 2021 and as always Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful, beautiful day. Now, I know you saw the title. I've been saying it a lot. It's pretty easy to know at this point in time what we are going to be talking about on any given day. There's no hints. There's no shadow behind it. You know we're talking about the New England Patriots, and we're going to have plenty of banner, plenty of nonsense. But before we get into all of that, please... Take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the TTL pod on. If you are watching on YouTube as my partner tries to hold in that sneeze, (laughs) make sure you hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional content dropping. Next item up on the docket. If you can find it in your heart, you could be so kind. You got a couple extra seconds. Hit that like button. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Jump in the live chat. If you are watching live, we would love to answer all of your Patriots questions and more. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate you guys when you do those things. And it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Ho, ho, ho. Last, certainly not least. Head on over to this episode's description where you're going to find the Talking the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you'll locate the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew's social platforms, and our additional content so you can consume it all, however and whenever you please. Once again, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, beautiful people. I am your humble host, Colton. Colt 45 Sroka, and also once again, thank you so much for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast today and get filled up with nothing but knowledge on the New England Patriots and maybe just a little bit more along the way. Now, I ain't got a whole lot more time to waste here bringing uh, this show up to speed, so it's time to bring in the second half of the Talking the Line crew. A young man who proudly represents as the co-host of the Daily TTL pod, A young man who also proudly reps the white and black from the south side of his Chicago White Sox. 
and also a young man that if you quite possibly gave him a minor cut on his arm, it may start to bleed green and yellow because his Packers fandom. That all being said, ladies and gentlemen, you pretty much know everything about the man now. Let's bring him on in, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley R. Max Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I, as always, have no complaints whatsoever. We've got a hell of a team, the New England Patriots on deck today. You know, a certain coach over here that may or may not uh, have a few tricks up his sleeve. We shall see. But I'm excited to talk about this team, man. I have been uh, shouting from the rooftops since about March that this team may or may not have, may or may not have a nice little bounce back in it, in them. And uh, I think we're gonna find out why here in a few, few short moments. I'm fumbling on my words a little bit. <laughs> I was good. sneezing as you were uh, <laughs> about to smash. I thought I was gonna time it out, so I sneezed as we were smashing the subscribe button. But uh, yeah, it didn't come out. So, uh, hey, ended up holding it in. I no did, and uh, I'm feeling great. So, uh, you know, it might creep back up, but we'll see. I'll be hey. all right and ra- ready to rock and roll. The jury's still out on that, yeah. but uh, we'll have to wait for a little while mm-hmm. on in the show, see if that sneeze comes back and visits us. Somewhere in there, I can feel it. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about about the Patriots sure today. And, uh, yeah, that aforementioned coach that's uh, been with this New England Patriots team now going into his 22nd year. You know the name, Bill Belichick. We ain't got to say any more about that, but we'll have plenty to talk about this coaching staff and everything in between. Forgotten this the past couple of days, and it's just got to get the vibes right, got to get the vibes going. First things first, cheers to you, my partner. If you folks out there are drinking a nice cup of joe, cheers to you as well. Let's start this beautiful day right. Or whatever you got cooking. Nice little cheers. Yeah, maybe a little Bailey's in there too. Yeah. Mm. That is a good cup of joe, and I am ready to rock and roll. Oh, also... Warm days out there across the map. Very warm. The shy city across the burbs, across all over the nation right now. It is hot, hot, hot. So, hey, quick reminder, get those fluids in you. Make sure you stay hydrated as you're sweating out your bets today, all right? Just make sure. My friendly reminder to you. All right, for now, it's time to get into good PSA. Absolutely, my friend. Always got to make sure that our fans are protected and ready to rock and roll. So, with all that being said, let's get into today's team of the day, the New England Patriots. As always, we will be discussing their full offensive and defensive lineups. We will get into their coaching staff. Not a whole lot we got to talk to or talk about there because they've been around for so doggone long. The same coaching staff, too. Uh, We will give you our predictions for the 2021 uh, schedule here for the Patriots. Then we will break it down, their schedule, week by week in the full season betting preview. That's the third segment of the day. We'll go uh, for their weekly lines, the weekly game totals. We'll look back at 2020. We'll give you some additional value we found in the uh, future markets and stuff outside of that as well. So uh, if you're good degenerate like we are, that's what you typically stop by the TTL pod for. We got it all for you on the third segment of the day. And then fourth and final segment... We are also fantasy nerds, so if you tuned in for a little bit of fantasy advice, we got it for you. Fourth final segment of the day, start, stash, or pass. I do believe there's going to be some solid value on the New England Patriots this year across the board. Not just fantasy, but across the board. And I do declare, my friends, that the New England Patriots are going to surprise a lot of people from the performance that we saw last year. Obviously, wasn't the stereotypical top-tier, top-notch New England Patriots team we've come to know and love. Obviously, 
Brady might have won the trade for now. For I now. I don't want we'll to see. stick my foot in my mouth too early, but I will also say that Bill was able to get seven wins on the board with the COVID issues, with the opt-outs, with all the problems they had, which we will cover in full very shortly. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it today, my friends. Uh, no time wasted, no time uh, to stop or stall. Let's get into the first segment of the day, the full team breakdown for the new england patriots as always i'll kick things off uh or we'll kick things off offensively i'll kick things off with the key losses mags will tell you about the key additions actually had a new addition today if you haven't been uh, on social media checking around you won't know about it mags will be sure to tell you about that then we'll break down a little bit of their 2020 stats dive into the 2021 lineups talk about our outlooks do the same for the defense talk about the coaching staff then we'll get in the second segment of yes, the day. Sir. so First things first, key losses offensively for the Patriots going into 2021. They have some pretty notable names, a good handful of guys, and then also names that aren't going to really matter too much. Obviously, Julian Edelman, biggest name uh, that you could say, been in New England for a long time. He has retired. We'll see if he pops up on the depth chart in Tampa Bay at some point in time. Who knows? Who's to say? Demir Bird, wide receiver, also out, but he's on my Bears now. I wasn't the biggest fan of him uh, in New England last year or the previous couple of years, so... Not a whole lot to write home about him. Uh, mentioned this to you pre-show. Dante Moncrief was on the Patriots last year. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he's no longer. They let him go. And then Marquise Lee is also gone. Wide receiver as well. And then one more wide receiver, Quincy Odeboyeo. I'm going to hope that is the exact way to say that last name. Ryan Izzo, tight end, out of town. Rex Burkhead, running back, has also hit the free agent market, but now he is in Houston. We already talked about that muddy old backfield. Then some key linemen that uh, either hit the free agent market, haven't got a team, or have found a home. Joe Thune, we already talked about him, left guard when we talked about the Chiefs. Marcus Cannon, right tackle. Najee Turan, right guard. And then Jermaine Illuminor, right guard. So overall, they uh, let 10 guys go in general, but I do believe, as we pretty much say with every team, there maybe have a team here or there is like, what the hell are you guys doing? The Patriots were able to backfill a lot of these yep. offensive positions, and for the first time ever, Billy B did something huge that my partner is going to tell you about here with the key additions for the Patriots going into 2021. Yes, sir. You did have yourself a little twist up. Sony Michelle is on the way out of town for the Patriots. Oh, I apologize. Sony yes. Michelle has... Left town. I uh, I said that totally wrong. I, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for giving me. Uh, <laughs> no worries. Offensive losses. Sony Michelle out of town is uh, now joining the Rams. If you haven't seen that, uh, there's so much news going on. Right. I was bass no, no. on All that. Good. Do apologize, but partner, if you could indulge us on the uh, key additions here. Yes, sir. Thanks, so sir. my partner mentioned this team. Uh, Bill Belichick opened his checkbook uh, pretty wide for about the first time that he ever has, at least in this fashion. Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, both tight ends, both coming to town, going to be a two-headed monster in this offense, going to be extremely significant for both of these guys here. Also brought in Trent Brown to fill some of that offensive line losses that my partner just mentioned. Also brought in Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, could see some time, going to see some significant time, going to be a jury out on what his production is going to be like. They also brought in Ted Karras, a center, also an offensive line filling spot there. That about does it for free agency and trades on the offensive sides. They had a few key additions here in the draft. Obviously, first-round quarterback Mac Jones. We will see what his role is on this team, if at all. Could be backup quarterback all season long. Mm-hmm. Could see the field sometime soon. We shall see. 
and then they skip over to the fourth round. Got a guy that uh, I know my partner's high on, and uh, we'll see what his impact is as well. Ramondre Stevenson, running back, has looked very solid in, uh, in the preseason so far here, and uh, given Bill Belichick's usage, or this offense's usage of running backs, Chances are we're going to be seeing this guy in a uh, decent-sized role here. Sixth-round offensive tackle, William Sherman. Not sure what we will see out of him. And then seventh-round wide receiver, Trey Nixon. That about does it, but uh, definitely a few names to write home about here, partner. Yeah, a lot to talk about on the offensive side of the ball in 2021. Before we do, some key 2020 stats I think you should guys should know about because I think we see some improvements across the board. The Patriots averaged 5.3 yards per play last year offensively. They rushed the ball 51.28% of the time and passed 48.72% of the time. Main reason why you're seeing that big of a split, you're like, how did they not pass more than they rushed? Well, obviously with Cam in there, they became even more of a rushing offense because of his ability with his legs. Completion percent across the board, uh, obviously when Cam went out, obviously had some other guys you had to rope in there. Across the board, 64.32%. Nothing terrible, but definitely would like to see a little bit of improvement in that. Third down conversion, way down. Got to see it come way up this year. 40.86% for the Patriots. And then in the red zone, pretty poor as well. 54.17% of the time they converted. So definitely some numbers that need to improve, but numbers I do believe that we see improve just because of uh, the name of Bill Belichick. I do not believe in my mind that he is going to have back-to-back bad offensive seasons. I just can't see it, let alone bad defensive seasons. But We'll stick with the offense for now. So the projected starters going into 2021, going to look a little bit of the same, a little bit different here. They got, as far as the offensive line, right tackle Trent Brown, next to him at guard Shaq Mason. Center, they have David Andrews, left guard Mike Onwenu, and then left tackle Isaiah Wynn. Then, always say, maybe left, maybe right, maybe catching passes. Most importantly, catching passes in a Bill Belichick offense and being able to catch that pass and run after the catch. He don't really care too much if they can block. He is able to work around it. My partner mentioned him, Joe New Smith and Hunter Henry. We got plenty to talk about there as well because I'm not sure which guy is going to come out on top of the depth chart. Janu was obviously really good in Tennessee last year. And then Hunter Henry, obviously we've seen him produce plenty in uh, LA and then San Diego, whichever one right. you want to call it. So Hunter Henry and John New Smith, both solid options for them at tight end. And I think we see that production tick up once again here. And then uh, wide receiver room, they have starting Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar. Behind them, fourth and fifth guys projected to be on the depth chart, Nikhil Harry and Gunnar Olachewski. Then you got the running backs, Obviously, Sonny Michelle out of town, so that does potentially open the door for Ramondre Stevenson, and Stevenson has looked like a bowling ball, right. a high-speed bowling ball in preseason, so I would not be surprised. You already said it. Without Belichick, uh, Belichick loves running backs, I would not be surprised to see him get some solid work in the regular season, but projected right now, you got Damian Harris and James White, both guys that can definitely produce in their own right, and then starting quarterback... At the time being, Cam Newton, and then backing him up, the aforementioned by my partner, Mac Jones. One thing that I really want to get across that I think is the most important part and what looms so large for me is how is Cam Newton going to do early in the year? Mm -hmm. Because the first four weeks of their season, they play the Dolphins, the Jets, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. Going to save all my opinions on that, everything. We'll, We'll get into that later. However, we all know that those teams have some damn good defenses and... 
before the Saints put in their four-string guys in the fourth quarter, they were absolutely destroying the Jaguars. So I don't think they have any problems defensively. The Dolphins should be pretty solid. The Jets might be the only question mark with the injuries, but Bob Sala might be able to pull Rabbit out of his hat too. So four extremely tough defensive weeks for Cam. If he struggles in any capacity, looks at all how he closed the season, it is no doubt Mac Jones is coming in in week five because they play the Houston Texans and then they don't have another extremely difficult defensive matchup until week 10 against the Browns. Cam has to come out and perform right off the right. bat. That is the biggest thing here for me. And actually, I think he does. Watched a little bit of film last night, watched the preseason, watched some uh, other stuff in correlation. And I think he's back. I think COVID really impacted him a lot last year. And I think a full offseason, a full training camp, him getting back into full swing of things, working with this team for the second year under Daniels again, working with Belichick. Belichick, I keep saying Belichick. Belichick, <laughs> uh, I think it's just going to be a, a recipe for his success here in 2021. And I think we see great things. And Mac Jones might not even see the field because of how well Cam Newton plays. Yeah, you and I have very similar thoughts here, my man. You know, on top of that, the only thing I'll add uh, is that the first three weeks of the season last year, New England jumped out to two and one start, very, very close to a three and zero start. Before all these, obviously they had the defensive opt outs, but as far as COVID ravaging not only Cam Newton but the rest of the team, they were looking really solid, uh, at least on offense, the way they were schemed up. And Patriots fans, Patriots analysts, everyone was drinking the snake oil. And then, you know, the issues happen. He goes out week four. They get stomped by the Chiefs. They come out of the bye week. They look terrible. And everyone's going fire sale. And everyone's pissed off when they re-sign Cam for this uh, for this next season here in 2021. I think we're going to see a lot of more of the same that we saw those first three weeks. And in addition, we get all these defensive guys back. What do you got going on over here? drinking the snake oil you might have some problems coming out the wrong end if you drink snake oil but <laughs> buying the snake drinking oil. the snake oil i don't care drinking the snake oil i don't care you might have some bad poopoos if you drink some Whatever. snake oil but you hey. know what i'm trying to say i think we're gonna see a team that looks like at least offensively the first three weeks of the season and uh you know we'll talk about the defense in a second but I have high hopes for Cam. I mentioned it earlier on. I've been uh, standing on the top of the mountaintop saying Cam Newton's going to bounce back here. I've been saying it all off season. You know, these receivers, I don't know what to expect from them. I like the additions compared to what they had the last couple of years. But, I mean, you kind of alluded to it. The, the big difference is really going to be these tight end additions. And the way that these Patriots have had success over the last decade or so is whenever, at least the most success, is whenever they have dominant tight ends. And now they have certainly had dominant, more dominant tight ends in the past. Obviously, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez are better than these two. But these two are plenty, plenty solid enough to get the job done. And obviously, it's a different style than when Tom Brady was there. So I think it's going to look really solid. This run game is going to look really solid. They're going to be able to pass when they need to pass. So I've got some decently high hopes here, partner. I do as well. And I'm glad you spent some extra time there on the tight ends because those boys are coming in at a combined $76.5 million mm -hmm. contract with about $50 million of that guaranteed between the two of them. So Belichick did something he never does and go went to free agency. And actually, it was before even free agency started. I didn't right. realize this. It was in the legal tampering period. And as soon as legal tampering started, Belichick reached out had Jonu Smith signed, and then the very next day had Hunter Henry signed. Right. 
So if they don't produce, you are going to see a very, very mad Bill Belichick this season. Right. But I don't think that happens. I don't think so either. And you can make the argument like, oh, they overpaid for him. Like, maybe, but that just goes to show how clearly he values that position and signing two guys at that same number and how much it really, uh, you know, factors into their success on offense. So I am feeling pretty damn solid here. As long as they stay healthy, obviously, Hunter Henry has had his injury issues throughout his career. So I guess that would be a key factor for those guys. Yeah, it definitely would be, but I don't think we I don't see think so any either. problems. The tight end production is going to go back through the roof. The running production is going to stay really consistent. And then we'll have to see what happens outside of the tight ends in the passing game. Right. Never been a strong suit for the Patriots, even with Tom Brady there. It was right. never really a strong you know, suit. Yeah, he always targeted Gronk, or he always had Hernandez, or he had he had a huge tight end to target. Ben Watson, you know, he always had somebody to target. So I think that is the direction we're going to see the Patriots offense go. Putting a cap on it, spend enough time on the offense. You guys know our thoughts there with the key rankings courtesy of our guys over at sfa quarterbacks come in ranked as the 23rd unit in the league now obviously this can be improved on dramatically so don't jump off the ledge just yet patriots fans i think that they can definitely get into that top 15 range my partner's super high on cam i'm also super high on cam i think he comes back in 2021 and shocks the hell mm. out of the world yeah and i should mention i don't mean i'm uh, you know projecting we see mvp cam back here that's not what i'm projecting i'm not saying he's going to get back to vintage cam i just think he's going to be really damn solid and he's going to be able to start this entire season absolutely so there you go 23rd i i definitely think there's plenty of room for improvement as far as the offensive line goes they overhauled that brought in some key pieces fifth ranked unit in the league per sfa so they should uh have plenty of uh, plenty of opportunities to protect Cam, get that run game going. And uh, one thing I've noticed, if Cam can get that protection, give him some time to think, he can step up in the pocket and hit about any damn pass you want him to. Mm-hmm. It's where he gets that pressure. He, the first thing he thinks about is dumping it off to the running back or taking a huge hit yeah. and getting away because he doesn't want that shoulder to get right. hurt again. And exactly. I think it's a lot better than it has been in the past couple of years. Absolutely. Strength. And then last but not least, uh, two other core positions, running back 25th ranked unit in the league. Obviously, we'll see and hope that they can improve upon that. Right. Obviously, with Sonny Michelle head, heading out of town, it does limit them a little bit, but we'll see what the uh, rookie Stevenson can do. And then receivers 28th ranked unit in the league. I think that's very fair. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't write home about Jacoby Myers I really wouldn't write home about Kendrick Bourne we saw flashes from Bourne when he's with the 49ers and then also Aguilar but I don't know we've seen more drops from Aguilar than we've seen good yeah he was somewhere around um, 80 to 85 targets last year and only had about 40 to 45 catches out of those targets so I'm not uh, buying the snake oil on that one on Nelson Aguilar. So uh, pretty fair ranking there for the 28th ranked unit in the league. Let's keep it moving. Keep it grooving onto the defensive side of the ball, my friends. Uh, Be sure to stick around. Fourth and final segment of the day. We'll break down the defense even further in our fantasy segment, Start, Stash, or Pass. But for the defense now, Barton, I'm going to kick things over to you, get things started, get myself a nice uh, whistle wedding here with some high-quality H2O. Kick things off. Indulge us, if you could be so kind. The key defensive losses for the Pats going into 2021. All righty. So a few names that you might recognize here, but as my partner will mention in just a minute, they did some work uh, in both free agency and the draft to fill some of these holes. A couple of the bigger names, though. Adam Butler on the interior defensive line played 15 games for the Pats last year. J.C. Jackson, cornerback, 16 games. Jason McCourty also spent some time in New England, played 16 games last year. 
those are the three biggest names. But as I mentioned, that they did fill these holes. Uh, Terrence Brooks, safety, 14 games. John Simon off the edge, 16 games. And Shalik Calhoun, linebacker, played 10 games. So a few names that you might recognize, but nothing all too crazy here, partner. Nothing all too crazy at all. And they actually brought in some solid names and some names that left town but have since come back to town. Who am I talking about? Kyle Van Noy, one of my uh, favorite linebackers in the league. Uh, He's coming back to the Patriots after spending a year in Miami last season. Was very solid, and I think he comes right back into this Patriots defense and produces uh, at the same level he was. They picked up Matt Judon from Baltimore, Mm -hmm. edge rusher. Absolutely dominant piece to add to this defense, and I think that only ups their ceiling by a significant margin. They also brought in Davon Gochow. Partner was struggling with that one a few days ago. Uh, We're going to call him Gochow. He is an interior defensive lineman. I was reading up on him, and he should uh, be a game record, be able to stop the run, and also get some QB pressure from time to time. And then uh, Jalen Mills, safety, brought him in. Looks like he's going to get the immediate start. And then Henry Anderson, also another interior defensive lineman. Via the draft, they only got four guys defensively. They focused focused a little bit more offensively, but nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, they still got some very, very good defensive names. Christian Barmore, roll, damn, tied, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Mama says he's my magic shows. <laughs> uh, Ronnie Perkins, they got defensive end. Boomer out of, Sooner. <laughs> Boomer Sooner out of Oklahoma. Cameron McGrone, linebacker out of Michigan. And Joshua Bledsoe, safety out of the Mizzou. So overall, decent defensive haul, whether it be uh, via the free agency, trade market, or the draft. I think they hit it out of the ballpark. I don't even say they. I'm going to say Bill. I think Bill hit it out of the ballpark with uh, these defensive additions for sure. And I think we see the dominant Patriots defense return once again Mm -hmm. in 2021. But let me tell you a little bit about 2020 and where I think they improve significantly. As far as opponent yards per play, they allowed them to average 5.8 yards. I think that gets a little closer down to the 5.0 mark. They allowed opponents to complete at a 67.41%. I think that gets even closer to 60. I think it's right around 62 in 2021. Opponent third down conversion rate, 40.86%. I do think that remains the same. And then in the red zone, this is going to be a huge, huge sticking point for Bill. I already can imagine he has been running them ragged in the red zone on defense. They allowed opponents to score at a 65.31 clip in 2021. So I definitely think that improves here. If I know Bill Belichick, and I haven't been watching the NFL for 21 years, but pretty doggone close. And I think I know Bill Belichick pretty well at this point in time. And uh, he's got a defensive mind. So he will get it corrected, I do believe. But who's he going to get it corrected with? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I got it ready to rock and roll for you right here. Starting things off with the line. Defense on the left side, Kyle Van Noy coming back in. Right side, Matt Judon projected projected to start. In between them, obviously there is some solid, solid depth here uh, within the defensive line. But projected to start, you're going to have Henry Anderson and then Devon Gochow. So those two guys should be able to produce. And then they got plenty of depth behind all four of those Mm -hmm. guys to be able to give them rest when they need it. Rounding out the front seven, coming back from a COVID opt-out. My goodness, do they need this man. Dante Hightower, linebacker, and then Jawan Bentley, opposite of him. Both of those guys should produce drastically in 2021. Then the secondary, the defensive backs. Very solid defensive back room. They got Stephon Gilmore. Jury's still kind of out if he is out of town or not. I 
do believe he stays around. If he ain't gone mm-hmm. nowhere yet, Bill convinced him to stay one way or another. So. Then you have Jonathan Jones in the slot. Should be a solid, um, a solid guy out of that position this year. And then J.C. Jackson opposite Gilmore, who has really, really, really turned into one of the more dominant corners in the league. And he's actually put up 17, no, 16. I'm going to stick to 16. I think it's 16 interceptions over the last two years. So he has yeah. been dominant as all hell. I mentioned him on my defensive losses. That's my bad. He was on that list. He came back. He, That's he my did bad. come back. They re-signed him. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, rounding out the secondary, the deep guys. Told you about Jalen Mills. They brought him in, getting the immediate start, strong safety. And then the old dog, but still playing like a young dog, Devin McCourty. I do believe he will be 32 this season. So getting up there, but still producing at a very high level. So you ask me, last year's defense was due for regression with all the opt-outs, all of the issues, all of the lack of additions, everything they had, it, it was just bound for it. And we saw it significantly. And I think a lot of people are going to be buying back into that this year. Oh, we'll continue to see the regression or it's going to stay right the same. Bill finally got exposed. He's got to focus too much on the offense now. Can't have his defense firing in all cylinders like he usually does. Bullshit. I'm not buying into any of it. I think this defense is going to be great. I think they have loads of value. I think the line puts up numbers. I think the secondary puts up numbers. I think the linebackers fill in any holes in between there. This is going to be one of my favorite defenses in the league once again, and we'll talk about it in fantasy, but they have a shitload of value when yep. it comes to that too. Barter, what do you think of defensively here? I'm sure you're probably on the same yeah. page as me. A lot of the same, man. I think the public, general public, is really overlooking not only, I mean, basically all you, everything you said there, all of these COVID opt-outs that are coming back, some of these defensive additions that they made in the offseason. Yeah. I think people are really overlooking Matt Chudon. Uh, you know, he's not going to be defensive player of the year or anything like that, but he is certainly going do to make an him? impact. Do you need him to be? No, exactly. that's exactly. And, you know, uh, all of these guys on the interior line, you bring back Kyle Van Noy, just the cohesiveness that he he brings kind of a glue guy to use that term uh, for this Patriots defense that they lost last year. So I am through the roof excited. And, you know, you mentioned Stefan Gilmore. If he comes back, then close the book on it. This is one of the top five defenses in the league. Absolutely. I still like some of the, you know, the cornerback depth, if he's not there, concerns me a tiny bit, but. I think the rest of the unit is good enough to cover up for that fact. And as you mentioned, I do also believe that he is going to come back. So I don't have too many uh, bad things to say about this unit. I really like the depth on the interior defensive line as well. So I have very, very high hopes, my friend. We are pretty much on the exact Mm -hmm. same page. So not a whole lot else we got to say about that, but let's put a cap on it. Courtesy of the guys at SFA, see if they're on the same page as us. Oh, well, it certainly looks like they are. 14th ranked front seven in the NFL right now, and definitely loads of opportunity to improve upon that, not only with the names, but with the depth behind the starting names. Ninth ranked secondary in the league. I do believe if Stephon Gilmore stays around and J.C. Jackson produces the way that he has been, this secondary could be top three in the league, if at worst top five. I love this defense. Obviously, the guys over at SFA do as well. They have some pretty high predictions. And even though they're pretty high, I still think that they can improve upon those. <laughs> yeah, me I, too, I man. still think that they're I a really little do. bit tentative. So we'll see what happens defensively. But let's put a cap on the entire team breakdown for the New England Patriots with their coaching staff. Well, we talked about him plenty already. But uh, actually, I should be calling him Bill Belichick. Check being the 
emphasis in his name because check. that's all he's been cutting this entire offseason. <laughs> Straight check. Knock that one out of the park. Uh, thank you, sir. Bill, <laughs> Bill Belichick uh, coming in for his 22nd NFL season has, uh, of the Patriots. Of, the, Patri- yeah, of yeah. the Patriots. He's actually been in much longer than that, but uh, 21 official seasons under the belt with New England, and I think this is going to be another turnaround year for him. I don't even know that buys him is the correct term to use, but buys him another five to ten years for crying out loud. He's around forever. He can stay as long as he wants. Coming into his 10th season, uh, you have Josh McDaniels, obviously been around with Bill... uh, Belichick, Belichick, a lot uh, for the uh, since pretty much half of his tenure, obviously. And I mean, I thought that McDaniel's would be out of there by now. I thought that he'd have a head coaching job, but I just think the dynamic works so well that he's going to stick around as the in the OC as long as he can in New England and just ride off the hype train and get as many playoff wins and Super Bowl rings as yeah. he can. Either that, or he's trying to be the uh, heir apparent of Bill Belichick. <laughs> hey, that's also something to think about. But heir apparent. Talked a little about a little bit of nepotism yesterday. We got a little bit of nepotism going on in the Patriots organization. Steve Belichick, Bill's son, is the DC coming in for his third official season. He's obviously uh, been able to produce and obviously getting groomed up by his dad. I would not put any of 2020 on Steve whatsoever. No. That's their coaching staff. We obviously have very high hopes, high expectations for them, as everybody should. I mean, it's it's the Patriots coaching staff. They've been able to take mediocre players and turn them into superstars for the last 21 years as long as Belichick has been there so I think that continues to happen I think they have a very very successful 2021 season the offense is going to produce the defense is going to flip the script positively regress back to the mean and we are going to I don't want to say a pat season of old but I definitely could see 10 wins coming from them this year yeah I think uh, the other aspect of this coaching staff is that I think Bill Belichick has got a extra extra large size chip on a soldier's mm. shoulder because you mentioned it partner the narrative is starting to sound like Tom Brady might have won the breakup Bill Belichick ain't having any of that shit this year no seven eight nine Hell win no. seasons are coming out of him because uh the narrative is going to pick up even harder if Tom Brady makes the playoffs handily once again and Bill Belichick misses it he is a history buff on the NFL, and he does not want his legacy to go down as uh, relying on Tom Brady to get him all those rings. He wants Big it time. to be known that he was just as much of the reason, if not more, than Mr. Tom Brady. So just thought I'd a- add that in there. And I do believe the entire mass hole population is uh, on board with us as well. Yep. So they are going to be extremely loud and proud all oh, yeah. over social media and in Gillette Stadium, if that's still what it oh, is yeah. nowadays, Gillette Stadium. So it is going to be ruckus. And boy, oh boy, if you are not a fan of the Patriots, if you uh, oppose the Patriots with a burning passion, hey, good luck. It's good not going to be a fun season for you, my friends. But that does it. Entire team breakdown. Let's get into the second segment of the day, my friends. The entire schedule breakdown. Now, as always, we won't uh, go week by week. We'll just give you our predictions, who they're playing, kind of some of the key rest and prep advantages or maybe disadvantages, and then some different things uh, that we'll pull out from there. And then once we get into the betting preview next segment, uh, we'll uh, go through 2020, but then we'll break down 2021 week by week, not only spreads, also game totals, and then future value as well. But let's stick with right here and now in the present 2021 schedule projections and predictions for the New England Patriots. Now, they do have their bye week in week 14. I will tell you that. That is uh, something to always keep in mind. But first things first, 
let's start it off with their division games. The AFC East. Now, we've already talked about two of these teams. We Correct. We're talking about the third one, the Jets, on Friday in combination with the Giants. So if you're a big fan of New York, New York, New York. Because we'll definitely have nice things to say about both of Huge those teams. Huge things, yeah. Right? Make, make, sure you stop by, uh, <laughs> make sure you stop by Friday's show. Either way, <laughs> sticking with the Patriots record in the AFC East, um, I think they split with the Bills. I do believe that uh, will be one of, uh, yeah, I think they split with the Bills because I think potentially, um, actually, the more I think about it now, the more I look at this schedule without saying too much, they come in, the Patriots come in with a rest disadvantage uh, in week 13 against them and turn around and play them in week 16. Uh, week 13 is on the road. Week 16 is at home for the Patriots. Oh, uh, let me think about it. marinate on that one for just a second. I do believe that they will split with the Dolphins, and I do believe that they will get both from the Jets. I can't see Bill Belichick losing two after getting both last year from the Bills. I think they'll be really doggone tight, but I think they'll split both because I think the level of play we're going to see from the Dolphins and from the Bills this year is going to be enough to split with the Patriots, even though we both are extremely optimistic on the production we see from the Patriots across the board in 2021. So I'd give them a healthy 4-2 and two in the AFC East, and that's um, maybe a little pessimistic. Maybe they can go 5-1 uh, and one if really? uh, things shake out. But I would say keep it tabled 4-2. and two. Okay. I, uh, I'm i giving them a crisp 2-0 against the Jets. I'm not going to waste too much time there. They do get – get uh, excuse me. They do catch the Jets week seven coming off the Jets by week, but that is in New England. So I'll still give the Patriots both of those. I believe I said the other day a split with the Dolphins. I think the Patriots come out week one and grab that win, and then in week 18 in Miami. I was going to say it, but I was going to say it. Go ahead. We have breaking news for this New England Patriots organization. Isaiah Wynn, left tackle, previously discussed, and wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, both heading toward the locker room with members of the training staff per Zach Cox on Twitter at Zach Cox, N-E-S-N. Appreciate that, Zach. Wouldn't you know it, man? We got news coming out all over left, all right, and center as we're talking about exactly the Patriots. Carry on, my friend. I do apologize. Right. No, no, worth it. Uh, so I'm giving them a split with the Dolphins, and I am going to... I'm honestly leaning towards the Bills getting both of those games, but I will say a split here, and I will also say 4-2. and two. I, I'm very high in the Bills. I was decently high in the Dolphins. Patriots always have some issues in Miami. That's in Week 18. Mm. So I will go a split with both of those teams and a 2-0 sweep of the Jets. So I will also go 4-2, and two, but I'm a little less confident in those games against the Bills, mm. although... You know, Bill Belichick also obviously has historically massive the success. Of the Bills. Yeah, so for that reason, I will give them, uh, you know, at least one of those games. All right. Well, there you go. Four and two from the both of us out of the AFC East for the Pats. AFC South. Uh, this one's a little interesting to me. Uh, what I'm seeing from the Jags is not impressing me at all. Mm. And I, we, we talked about them being somewhat of a team that you might be able to depend on, but I think this Daryl Bevel offense is going to be their Achilles heel. I think they're going to be valuable as shit in the first quarter, mm -hmm. and the rest of it's going to be fuck all. So give me the win over the Jags. Give me the win over the Texans, no question. 
the Colts are going to be interesting to me. They didn't play him last year. Um, I'm not sure the last time they've actually played the Colts. So yeah, that's sure kind of interesting to uh, see what will happen. I think that Bill will be able to confuse Carson Wentz. I, I don't I don't know for certain, but I if I'm leaning anywhere for them to get a win, I would lean a win there over the Colts. And then I'm leaning either way. So one way or another, something's going to happen. I think they go 3-1 and one in the AFC South. I just don't know if they pick up the shootout victory against the Colts or the shootout victory against the Titans. Okay. I think the way, that's the way both those games are going to play out. Okay. I I might be going to Crips 4-0 sweep out of the AFC South, my man. Give me 2-0 against the Texans and Jags. I uh, Week 17 against the Jags is in New England. If that was in Jacksonville, you know, weird, uh, similar to Miami, might be a little struggle. But in Jacksonville, I'll give him my nice, clean win. And then I like the matchup for the Patriots against the Titans. It is at home in Week 12. Give me that one and a three-day advantage of rest for the Patriots. So give me that one. And then... You know, this Colts one, I'm a little less, uh, I'm a little more on the fence, but I like that. That I, Both teams are coming off their bye week there, uh, but I kind of like that a little bit more for the Patriots. They typically have a high amount of uh, bye week success, and I, kind of what you mentioned, I think this Patriots defense has the right recipe to confuse that Colts offense. So give me a nice 4-0 sweep out of this one. And I'm walking it back, man. Give me 3-3 three and three out of the AFC East. I'm walking that one back half before I stop here. Give me 3-3 three and three and a 4-0 and sweep of the AFC Goodness South. Goodness gracious, 3-3, three and three, walking it back. All right, absolutely. And then 4-0. and uh, So a little bit different. I think they do a little bit better in the division. Mags thinks they do a little bit, just one game in the AFC South. Well, they also play the NFC South to close out their eight main non-divisional games. I think they get the win over the Falcons, no problem. Shades of uh, Super Bowl 54, 55, whatever mm. it was. Uh, One, I just think that you can't ever, regardless of what coaching staff you put in there, I don't know that the Falcons are ever going to be able to play the Patriots again and not have that in the back of their mind. <laughs> yeah. At least uh, Matt Ryan. At least Matt Ryan. Uh, I, so I think they get the win there. I think they'll be able to get the win over the Panthers because Bill will be so familiar with Sam Darnold. I think he'll be able to throw mm. enough at him to confuse him. The Saints is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Fuck, I was really low on the Saints, and then they came out guns a-blazing defensively. Now, again, it was against the Jags in week two of the preseason. That offense looked really, really bad for the Jags, and I'm not sure, but I think the Saints are going to be dominant defensively just like they have been over the course of the last three, four, five seasons now at this point. So I would give them the edge out because I think that's going to be a defensive game, and I think it's going to come down to who makes the first mistake and okay. I'm going to put my money on cam to not make the first okay. mistake. I would say it's Jameis, even though yeah. Jameis looks absolutely incredible, right. but I would say three and O there. And then I say they lose to the bucks. Mm -hmm. And as much as that hurts as, as somebody <sighs> who would want to see bill get this, I just don't think that the combination of the Pats or the uh, bucks defense and then, Tom Brady and what they're still able to do on offense with everybody they brought back. I'm giving them three and one in right. the NFC South with the one loss coming to the Buccaneers. Okay. I, I'm i already getting so excited for that week four matchup. I don't <laughs> yes. care what happens. I, yes, as a football dude. junkie, that is just, yeah. Uh, so give me, I will say three and one. Basically in the same vein that you are, I will go ahead and say one way or another a split between the Saints and Bucks, but I do very much so lean towards what you said with the loss to the Bucks, and very similar to what you said. I think Bill Belichick, 
um, can scheme up a way to make Jameis Winston make those mistakes that you mentioned because he, yeah, whether it's aggressiveness or, you know, falling into some deceptive looks, I think Bill Belichick will have the right recipe for Jameis to make at least a couple mistakes, if not one. Mm. And then, uh, I love what you said. I was a little, cause I, you know, we're both high on the Panthers, but, uh, you know, mentioning what you said about Sam Darnold coming back, uh, you know, dealing with Bill Belichick and that defense. I love Bill Belichick to take care of business there. And then I'll give him the win over the Falcons as well. So give me three and one out of the NFC South. All right. So same page there. Finally, we're on the same page for one. And then final three games to round out their 17 game schedule, the Brownies, the Chargers and the boys. Well, if you didn't see it, I suggest you go on Twitter. I should have, I should have made a video of it or made a tweet of it. The uh, drone view of Hard Knocks last night. I heard about it. I didn't see it. Electric. Yep. Well, you would have saw it if I would have. I should have. Nah. I should have done that. Just there were so many people tweeting it. I just didn't want to be there. Oh, I did it too. But man, I should have done it because it was absolutely electric. Might do it after we get off the show. Who it. knows? Um, but I think I do believe that they get the win over uh, the Browns. I think that's going to be a very, very difficult game. That's going to be a shootout and a half. It's it's one of the more difficult games on their schedule outside of the Bills and the Bucks. That's the third hardest game on their schedule. So. It could very easily be a loss. I would just say because it's in Gillette, they're going to have those fans back. I already said it. The Massholes are going to be in golfing that stadium. I mean, look out, anybody that has to go in there. You might die. I'm telling you, beware if you're visiting Gillette this year. Um, but, oh, hey. I love you guys, nonetheless. I'm not talking shit about you. I absolutely love your electricity. It's a term of endearment. I, it is a term of endearment, <laughs> Mass Holtz. I absolutely love you guys. You guys are one of the best fan bases in the country. Um, so I'll give them the edge out on the Browns, that okay. all being said. And then, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then the, just because it's at home, okay. just that advantage. And then the Chargers. I don't know how large that 48 to nothing victory right. looms from last year. It mainly happened because of how good Belichick is against rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know. So, but also they had like three special team scores right. in that game too. So I don't know flip of the coin to call it. I would say that Bill has success again against Herbert. So I, man, these are actually really difficult. These are actually really difficult to predict because all of these teams are kind of right in the same yeah. boat where they need to do really, really freaking well. Uh -huh. the, the Browns, the Chargers, and the Cowboys. So. They're kind of a toss-up for me. I'm not going to call it per team. I'm going to kind of keep it just straight up at the record. I'm going to say one way or another, they go two and one. Okay. Ah, man, one and two just doesn't feel right off the tongue with what I'm expecting from this team this year. It just doesn't. It just doesn't seem right. But yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh fuck. Yeah, I'm gonna stick two and one. Okay. I agree with you that it doesn't sound right, but I am going to say one and two, one way or another. I don't like the matchup against the Browns. I think the Browns come into New England and get that win. I don't either. I, and just, I just, it's just in New England. You know, we were talking about earlier, I flat out don't know what to expect from that Dallas game whatsoever. Yeah. So kind of like you, I'm not going to, other than the Browns, I'm not going to say it either way. But I'll say one and two. They get the Chargers. Despite what happened last year, they go to L.A. And the Chargers are coming off their bye week. So I am going to say one and two one way or another. I kind of like the Chargers to get that win. But, uh, yeah, one way or another, give me one and two. Yeah, I could very well see it happening. Um, did the math as you were speaking, my friend. And I'm at 12 and five. You're at 11 and six. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about it here very shortly. But 
Patriots current season win total set at nine total wins. So we're both over on that one. We got a little bit to discuss, a little bit to talk about for sure in that end of the spectrum. And I might even lean a little bit more to that 11 and six. I'll say it again. That one and two just does not sound right. I That Browns game is really what's hanging me up. Yep. It's really what's hanging me up. I think just because it's in Gillette, they get it. But I don't like the matchup either right. of coming from that. I mean, the Browns are bringing in an offense that can do just fine against that defense and a defense that can do just fine against right. the Patriots offense. So it's going to be kind of a toss up to me, but 12 and five, 11 and six, either way, I would more or less kind of lean 11 and six. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds pretty doggone right to where I see this season ending. Right. There are a few games that I really don't know what to expect fully like that saints game. And I mentioned that Cowboys game as well. I do think the Patriots handle the Falcons easily, but you know, it might be just a weird matchup this time around. Who knows? Dun, dun, dun. Another something else? So, we just talked about them. We do believe that this team is going to struggle against the Patriots this year and many other teams. But the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer has officially named Trevor Lawrence as QB1 for week one of the NFL regular season. So, no more question marks, Jags fans. You are not going to be seeing Gardner Minshew, and you sure as heck are not going to be seeing... Gardner Minshew. No, wait, what? I already said Gardner Minshew. Sorry, I was looking at the alert. Glennon, Mike Glennon. Ah, yeah, yeah, Mike Glennon, there you go. Either way, we ain't talking about that. There's another breaking news announcement, just because we were talking about the Jags. Trevor Lawrence will start week one, QB1, getting his start. Been a long time since the number one overall pick got a win in the first week of the Mm -hmm. season. So can Trevor Lawrence break that trend? I'll tell you what I'm taking right here and right now. Jags. First quarter money line. Mm. Lock it in. Okay. I'll tell you why later. Probably when I'll actually hammer that yeah. bet. In. Yeah. Moving right along, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We've kind of dragged our toes here in the, the uh, schedule breakdown. I don't know uh, how you guys stick with us. You stay around. Sometimes we just get down the rabbit hole and then we slide on back up. And I look over on YouTube and you guys are still here. So, hey, thanks for sticking around. So, moving right along. Wrapping up the schedule, uh, key things I wanted you guys to know about, as I always do, courtesy of the guys at SFA, uh, they break down all of the rest and prep advantages and disadvantages here per team, and they do it as well for the Patriots. So opponents, uh, they play where they have over a week to prepare. Their opponent has over a week to prepare. They play four teams that do and then they only play one team that has less than a week to prepare so not very good there they play four teams at a rest disadvantage and they only play one team at a rest advantage and then they play one game that's on a short week that is also on the road outside of that nothing else really of note but just so you know what those games are and kind of why they mean so much they have a negative seven rest differential against the jets in week seven and then right again in week eight, negative seven rest differential against the Chargers. Right. So I'm also a little bit scared and uh, would lean one and two in those remaining three games. Then coming off a of Thursday night football, they get a three-game rest advantage against the Titans at home. So that's interesting. But then they play Monday night football right after that week 13, and they have a negative three differential against the Bills. So might lean more to my partner's opinion there as far as the Bills splitting with them or then maybe even getting both of the, the, the mm-hmm. victories there. And then uh, last but certainly not least, not major, but out of their bye in week 15, they have their bye week 14, out of their bye week 15, play the Colts. They come in uh, on a one-day rest disadvantage. So nothing right. crazy, but still something to think about in that regard as well. So 
that does it. Everything as far as the full schedule. You know how things are going, how uh, we think things are going to shake out here for the Patriots. going to be a little difficult as far as some of the rest and prep spots. Uh, said, it, said it a few times, schedule makers uh, definitely pick and choose teams that uh, they want to pick and choose certain spots right. for. And uh, the Patriots are definitely one of those. So there you go. Let's move on in. Third and final. Not final. Third segment of the day. We still got two more to go. What am I talking about? Third segment of the day. You know what we are. We're good degenerates at the end of the day. Are we? Oh, you best believe okay. it, my friend. You best believe, believe it. You. Or, if you want to be professional, sports betting analysts, <laughs> we are. So, let's put on that hat for the day, Mr. Magnuson, and slide on over to the I don't like this. I hate this betting already. Preview. <laughs> I hate this already. <laughs> so, we'll keep it moving. We are not suits. We will never be, nor will we ever change. That's why you guys come here, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate it. So... Full betting preview before we talk about 2021, some of our expectations, where we think things will shake out, how they'll do against the number of their totals, all that jazz. Let's talk about 2020 real quick. They had, in 2020, an average line of 0.5. They were a 0.5-point underdog. Half a point. They have got a little bit more respect for the books here from the books in 2021. Just a wee bit, three-tenths of a percentage point. They are now 0.2-point dogs going into 2021. In 2021, before I dive deep into 2020, they are favored in seven games, dogs in nine games, and the books are having trouble setting lines against the Carolina Panthers. This right. is the third or fourth one we have right. picked out. They have a pick em against Carolina in week nine. Uh -huh. So Carolina Gonna mean a lot is, of close games. is a lot of close games, yeah. and it's confusing the books just as much as it's confusing the general public. Into 2020... They had an ATS record of seven and nine to accompany their straight up record of seven and nine. They were three and four against the number as a favorite and three and five against the number as a dog. Now, at home, really solid road, not very good. So we'll talk a little bit about that against the number. I think there's something you can draw from there. At home, they were five and three ATS with a five and three straight up record. They were three and two as a home favorite and two and one as a home dog. Flipped the script on the road. They were 2-6 against the number with also a 2-6 straight-up record. 0-2 ATS as an away favorite and 1-4 ATS as an away dog. Now, a lot of those road games, I do believe, were played after Cam had the COVID issues. Mm -hmm. And then it just was never the same outside of that. And a lot of their early season games were at home. Mm -hmm. You got the schedule there, so yep. obviously I'm not talking out of my ass. Not and, only that, but the schedule was very brutal for them on the road as well. Yeah, and so I don't think you need to read too much into that. I don't think they're going to be piss poor on the road. Obviously, we have full capacity stadiums. All right, yeah, we always got to give a little little, little jazz for that. But <laughs> either way, I, I mean, I think that I think that they'll do just fine. Yeah. I think they'll do excellent against the number at home, and mm -hmm. I think they'll be no worse than 500 against the number, if not better, uh, on the road. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking as well. That's kind of what I anticipate. And then let's flip the script just a little bit here into the over-under. Uh, they had an average game total of 44.6 last year. They have ticked it up just a little bit. Expect this offense to score just a little bit more, up to 46.4. So for those of you who have listexia, just like me, 44.6 to 46.4, you never really know which one it actually is. Mm. So 2021, there you go. There's their line. In 2020, they 
they were five and eleven over under overall. They were six and two to the under at home, five and three to the under on the road. They were five and three to the under as a favorite, and six and two to the under as a pooch. So uh, overall, they were an under team. I think that we might potentially see that again this year. Yeah. I predict a lot of shootouts. I think this defense is going to enable that and. I don't want to say the offense struggles, but I think the offense gets their points on the board and then they play very conservatively and play smash mouth defense. That's just what I'm predicting. So I think we'll see another under season here from the Patriots. Now, you guys love them. I love them. We all love them. A good old Sunday teaser. Well, Patriots might be worth an ad this year because mm-hmm. even though they were 7-9 and nine ATS last year, not very good across the board, whatever spot you put them in, Six, seven, and ten point teasers. They had a ten and six record, ten and six record, and twelve and four in ten point teasers. So I think potentially you could start adding the pats back to your teasers, especially in those ten points. You're getting them through some key numbers, and you need that extra leg, as I always say, to get you the plus money, Paulie. I think they are worth an add on your Sunday teasers this year. I think those records are going to be 13 14 range after this year. Absolutely. I would uh, definitely agree more. So Right off the bat, without looking too far into it, uh, first hot take, Patriots going to be a terrific teaser team. I think so. Betting-wise this season. All right, there's the past. Back to the future. 2021, my friends. Let's go week by week. Let's break it down. What are we looking at? How are we feeling? How are we doing? How are we grooving? Well, I'm so glad you asked because we got it right in front of our fingers. And my partner, pull up the old sports book, see if we've had any movement here on some of the lines that are out there. But let me drop down their full Season betting lines, their spreads. Week one, they are in Gillette Stadium against Miami, giving two and a half points, now three points to the Dolphins. Week two, they play the Jets on the road. They are giving three points to the Jets. Four and a half. Four and a half. They got four and a hook on that one now against the Jets. So big money flowing in there. They are getting a point against New Orleans in week three. Week four, they're getting three and a half points against the Buccaneers. Week five, they're laying just under a touchdown, minus six. So you like that, especially against the Houston Texans in week five. Week six, against the star, the Dallas Cowboys. They are laying a point and a half, and that game is in Gillette Stadium. Week seven, against the Jets, laying six points, this time as it is once again in Gillette. Then week eight, on the road, getting two and a half points against the Chargers. I love road dogs at two and a half points. Mm -hmm. It is one of my favorite bets to take in the NFL. And I think that might just have some value. The aforementioned Week 9 Pick'em against the Carolina Panthers. Week 10, they are getting two points at home to the Browns. So might be something to think about there. Week 11, getting a point and a half against the Falcons. I think that is Fugazi as all can be. And I think that is uh, the books trying to get people coaxed into buying into the Falcons, getting their lick back finally. But I ain't buying it. Week 12, laying a point to the Tennessee Titans. Week 13, they are getting a touchdown against Buffalo. So that's something you need to think about there. That one is in Buffalo once again. Week 14 by week 15 against the Horseshoe in Lucas Oil Stadium, getting five and a half points against the Colts. My partner predicted a clean sweep in the AFC South. So that could be a serious plus money poly cash for you there in week 15. Week 16, 
getting three and a half points this time in Gillette against the Bills. Week 17, laying five and a half to the Jags at home. And then week 18, close out their season the same way they started it. But this time they're a puppy because it's in Miami Mm -hmm. getting two and a half points against the Dolphins. So... Very interesting how their uh, schedule ended there. That's, it is very that's, Starts and ends that, and the minus two and a half, plus two and a half home away splits. That's very interesting to me. But across the boards, my friends, I already said it. I think that this is going to be a team that we can bank on again here in 2021, and I think they're going to be pretty damn profitable. I think we're going to have to wait and see just a little bit, but obviously there's big money already flowing in on the Patriots for the first two weeks at least with the way we've already seen the numbers tick up to gain a whole point and a hook. I mean, mm. that's that's some pretty big money coming in. So right. I don't know if you can buy into it this early yet. Obviously, with that being the Week 2 game, we'll want to kind of back it off just a little bit and see, but... I think there's loads of value. I've said it with a few teams, but I love that these point spreads are so low. Right. I, I think that the books have to price the Patriots this way just because of the regression we saw last year. And I think we see positive regression back to the mean this year. And they're going to have no problem covering these spreads whatsoever. I think there's value across the boards and you are going to see the Patriots in my bet slip or my best bets of the day time and time again in 2021. Same with me, my man, especially at home and especially that under as well. This Mm. might be one team, you know, there's obviously a handful of teams left to go, but this is going to be a team at the top of my list that if I had to pick a team to go, you know, team to bet under every single week, Obviously, that's not the case, but if I had to pick one team that's going to go under every single week, this would be my best bet as far as best over-under record for the under for the season. Aside from that, there are, much like you said, there are a lot of spreads that I'm interested in. Week two, going up to four and a half, I'm, uh, I, like you said, we'll have to see what happens week one, but Bill Belichick versus rookie quarterbacks, doesn't matter who they are, is uh, typically a recipe of success for this Patriots defense. And then those week 13, 15, 16 spreads, you know, if this Patriots team comes out looking really solid like we think they are, those spreads probably won't be as big. But anything over, you know, three, four points, if they're a dog, chances are I'm going to be hammering this Patriots team in. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned uh, 13, 14, 15. Actually, from week 11 to week 15, they have a string of 48-point spreads against some pretty yeah. good teams with pretty good defense. Right. So might be a straight four or five week cash maybe even six weeks it keeps rolling on against the uh, Jags I don't know maybe or the Bills I don't know but I think that's a little bit of a understreak we might uh, potentially have been uh, predicted early here if you will potentially so we'll see who knows speaking of those uh, game totals it is pretty interesting where these uh, lines are set with how heavy of an under team they were. 11-5 and five to the under across the board last year. They have an immense amount of those aforementioned 48s. They got a lot of 40, goodness gracious, 46 and a halfs, uh, 47 and a halfs, 48, 49. It's all right in that ballpark. There's right. not really much disparity. The lowest one they have is 43 and a half against the Jags, but that's in week 17. That kind of tells me, ah, yeah, Patriots are going to have this one wrapped up. They're going to shut down the Jags, and they're just going to maybe score a touchdown or two, right. and that's a ball game. So I think there's serious value once again on the under. I think they are setting it right under 50, 48, 49 to get the public to hammer the shit out of the over, and I think this is going to be an under team here. That's my mm-hmm. that's Hey, that's my second hot take. This is going to be an under wagon team yeah. in the Patriots this season. 100%. All right, so there it goes. There you have it. Everything for our predictions for 2021, but we have one more to go. 
Partner, not so early anymore, but we used to call it way too early week one pick, but now it's actually not way too early because it's only 15 official days away from the start of the NFL regular season in week one, the New England Patriots. Welcome in the Miami Dolphins, one of their fierce division rivals. They have stolen Kyle Van Noy back from the Dolphins. Do we see an MVP game from Van Noy? Maybe we should target a sack total or two with him. But overall, I need your opinion. Are we hammering in the minus three on the New England Patriots to defend home turf in dominant fashion under Cam Newton to start the season? Or you need a little extra backing. You're going to take the points for now. Wait to see what you see from both of these teams with the fence. You know, I think I am leaning towards the Patriots on the spread in week one as long as, even still, if it goes up to three and a half or higher, I think I might still be leaning towards Patriots. That'll scare me off. That might be, make me stay awake because I think it's going to be a tight game. But as long as it is at most minus three, give me the Patriots and give me that under 45. I think this one could be, this might even be optimistic, first one to 20, 21 points, if not less. So, you know, last year, week one, 21 to 11, the Patriots won. I think it might be closer to 20 to 17 type stuff, Uh, 21, 17. So, like I said, as long as it's not three and a half, I will be hammering in that Patriots spread. All right. Well, I would have to say I'm with you on both uh, both ends of the spectrum there, both the spread and the total. I would lean to the Patriots here to take care of business early. Not their first victory against their heated division rival. Yep. That way they don't have to do it in week 18 to hopefully maybe potentially save their season. Right. I love them to get it done. I love them minus three, much like you. If it goes up to three and a half or four, I'm going to be real tentative and I might stay away. But I think at that point, I would hammer the mess out of the under. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I absolutely love the total on this under. It is uh, 45. You already said it. Um, and I think that's perfect price. Yeah, still right there. That's what I was double checking. Still right yeah, there. Especially first week of the season. I think that's perfect price for an under, especially with what we have already predicted, not only for the Patriots, but for the Finns a few episodes right. back. If you didn't see that one, make sure you go on back. No, nah, I can't really remember what I the... I believe it was 108. Uh, either way, whatever special edition that one was, that uh, that one is still yep, there for your wait. viewing. Head on back to the uh, Talking Line podcast place. But not now. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We still got plenty to talk about. Uh, I didn't mean to, for you to leave now. I apologize. Um, but there you go. Our way too early week one picks. We're pretty much on the same page. Let's get things wrapped up with the betting preview here with a look at the season win total, some future plays, and maybe even some side bets we think got some value. First things first. Partner, that win total has me uh, a little interested here, but I'm a little concerned where uh, I'm seeing the lines at, Bob, if I'm going to be honest with you. Now, told you guys just a little bit ago, the season win total is set at nine total wins, and the over nine is at minus 140. The Mm -hmm. under is at plus 120. So what I can add to that before you dive in, on FanDuel, that's where it was on FanDuel. Obviously, you don't like uh, hammering in minus 140s. Their alternate totals... Over 10.5, there was no 9.5, there was no 10. Jumped all the way up to 10.5. Then I looked over at DraftKings to see if they had similar. Their line was right at 9.5, uh, plus 105 for the over. Mm, plus 105 for the over. For over 9.5. So I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that movement. So, yeah, uh, that would be the first thing I would say, the first thing you said. Uh, I am not trying to hammer in an over at minus 140. Correct. Especially... I mean, we notched out two more wins and there are three more wins than they would need. So 
I'm not interested in that, but it's interesting that you bring up the other sports books that have plus money on that. I think the reason the under is set at plus money is because they're trying to get people to take that bad boy right. because of right. the expectations of the same regression in performance from 2020. And I don't think you should buy into that bullshit. But I also don't know if you should hammer the over on this. I think maybe you should look at that alternate total of 10 and a half. And I think... Mm. I think it might be the best value because with even me being tentative and notching one back, 11 wins does not seem unattainable for okay. the Patriots this year, especially seven wins last year. We only need four more to hit that bad boy, and I think that they can get plenty done with all the additional firepower that they added over the offseason. Okay. Give me the over. If you can find it at plus money, over nine, take that. Yeah. If you can find the plus money. But if you can find uh, an alternate total at nice plus money odds, FanDuel seems like they skipped the whole lot of everything, went to right to 10.5. Give me that 10.5. I think that has some solid value, and I think the Patriots are going to be extremely, extremely different than what we saw in 2020. Okay. I love what you said. I am going to be a little safer. I might hammer that over 9.5 at plus money. You know, Like you said, I'm not hammering in any minus 140 set at 9. The plus or over ten and a half, I do like it, especially since uh, you know I even had to walk myself back and take a win off, and I was still at eleven. There were a few games that could be flipped here, so I will say, give me over nine and a half at plus one hundred five on the other book. That's what yeah, I'll go with. Uh, definitely do some line shopping. Yeah, yeah, and that was, that I only looked at two, part. maybe uh, before I actually hammer it, there's another one that I would definitely check out. Yeah, definitely do some line shopping before you hammer in the over, because you might be able to find the over nine at some plus money, um, but I do also think that if you find some good uh, good value on an alternate total there, around 10, 10 and a half, I think it's worth a little uh, half unit sprinkle, quarter unit sprinkle, whatever you like to do on a long shot deal like that, but I don't think it's that much of a long shot, as I uh, let that word slip out of the face, but moving right along. The books are a little bit up in the air, whether we see the Pats in the playoffs in 2021. Yes to make them is plus 126 right now, and no is at minus 154. Interested to, interested to see. I don't know. I don't know how it shakes out, but I think Billy gets the boys back to the playoffs in 2021. And at plus money, Plus 126, I think it's valuable enough. Worth a little sprinkle. I'm not running to the window. It's not right. my favorite bet by far, but I think it's definitely something maybe worth a look. I think so, too. I'm a little tentative on this one because I, I don't know, man. This is a little concerning to You're me. High that, on the bills. I am high on the bills because I don't think they're going to win the division, first of all. And then you have to think about all these other teams. We're high on the Chargers. I think the Chargers get in the playoffs. You think of the AFC North, the uh, Browns. Uh, Ravens question mark might be the Steelers. Maybe the Steelers are the biggest. I think the Steelers and Dolphins could be their biggest, uh, you know, jockeying for position. Maybe the Colts and Titans as well. Whoever doesn't win that division. So I won't be hammering this in, but I do think they make it back to the playoffs. I would like a little bit tastier odds here. So I think they get back to the playoffs, but give me a stay away. Yeah, I think they do too. But one, yeah, much like me, I think we're going to both stay away from this one. Might be a little bit fun to sweat out, but um even with the 11 wins, they, they still have a possibility of not making the playoffs because I think we did notch higher than that for the Bills, if I am not mistaken. But yeah. either way, uh, speaking of you don't think that they're going to win the division, uh, neither does the books. Third right now to win the AFC East at plus 360 odds. If I was a bet man, I'd probably put my money on Buffalo. It seems uh, like this will be the year that they finally get it done. They're running out of time with Josh Allen on his rookie deal. We talked plenty about that, so... 
I think they get the job done in the AFC, so stay away from that. And then potentially AFC winner, uh, they're tied for eighth right now at plus 1,700 odds. And then to win Super Bowl 56, they're at plus 3,700 odds. So with the way we've seen Bill Belichick turn around teams and get teams to the playoff and surprise the hell out of people, I know there's no Tom Brady, but I think that Cam Newton and Mac Jones are going to really shock the shit out of the world this year. And you want to do a little little bitty baby side sprinkle on this Super Bowl 56, just maybe really? Bill does it. Oof. I don't know. I'm not saying, I'm not even making that a hot take. I'm not even hammering that in, but I don't know. Maybe worth a little something, something. I don't think Billy turns it that far around. I obviously have some very, very more significant opinions when it comes to Super Bowl 56, but that's my thoughts in general. Okay. Any value there for you? I'll stay away. I don't hate what you said because, I mean, he absolutely could have this team turn around looking uh, even better than we're expecting. But, uh, you know, as high as we are, there's still a handful of teams in both conferences that I think are still roster side or roster, you know, makeup and what they've done in the past. I think they're still just too good for this Patriots team. I don't know if this Patriots team has quite the offensive firepower to get them all over the hump. So I'll stay away. But, uh, you know, like you said, it might be a little bit of uh, entertainment play. I don't know. Sure. All right. Well, that does it as far as the main future plays. We dove deep. We looked through and we tried to find some additional side bets, maybe some season awards, some season long stuff. And there just really isn't much out there for the Patriots. No. As high as we are on them, we just don't think they have a much much value as far as the uh, the NFL Honors Awards markets go, or really anything outside yeah, of touchdowns. that. Yeah. The one that maybe you could take a look at, but it seems like he's going to get the first four weeks not able to play, and that being Mac Jones for Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus a thousand. I think those are kind of set up odds. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to get. All- offensive rookie of the year if he doesn't start the first four games i mean that puts you at a severe disadvantage now again trevor lawrence is going to be starting week one what do we see from him and then there's still a lot of rookies out there that are we going to see trey lance are we going to see justin fields uh there's a lot of guys we still there's some uh wide receivers that got some firepower as well so we still still uh, a lot to see from that but if you were thinking about running to the window for Mac Jones for Offensive Rookie of the Year, I say hey, temper expectations. I think it'll be really good if and when he does get the opportunity to get in there. But that all kind of looms how Mac, or how Cam performs. Mac and Cam. I just put that together. Holy shit. Cam Mac. Uh, wow. Light bulb. Uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely going to depend on uh, how well Cam performs yeah. uh, for the first four weeks. And even still. That's that's going to uh, right. put Mac at a severe disadvantage. Yeah, I also just don't love these odds. These odds, I think, would be fair if he was definitely starting week one. But considering that we don't think he's going to start, I don't think he's going to start at all because I think Cam is going to be good. Even if he does start week five, I would like those odds to be closer to like plus 2,000 for me to even think sure. about it. So give sure. me a pass on Mac. All right, pass on Mac on Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I would pass as well on that. So... We told you there wasn't a lot of other side bets, a lot of other additional value to find out there on the Patriots this year. Again, we think they're going to be very solid. We think they're going to be very profitable betting-wise across the board. But just any uh, additional future plays or anything like that, not really much value. I guess we didn't write it down, but you know we keep talking about pass. I guess the path isn't totally out of the question for Bill to win Coach of the Year. If they win 12-plus games, given the public perception and what their roster is, no Tom Brady... I would say the path might be there for Bill. I don't know what those odds are. Nah. He certainly wasn't at the top. I think the path could be there if they have an awesome season. 
I think there's just so many. I, I'm not hammering it in. I'm, there's a reason we didn't put it down, and I didn't write it down either. But yeah, I don't have too many thoughts on that. Okay, that's not really something on my mind. Okay. I, I don't know about all that. Okay. But hey, appreciate your hot take. Okay. Appreciate you thinking. Uh, well, there it goes. That's everything as far as the entire Patriots 2021 betting preview. So let's uh, wrap things up here and give you our best fantasy advice in the fourth and final segment of the day, my friends. It's time for. Start, stash, or pass. That's right. You came to the right place. If you needed fantasy advice, don't you worry. We are ready to rock and roll. All right. Here we go. You ready? I am very ready. All right. Most important position on the field. The quarterback position. Maybe not always the most important in fantasy, as I always say, but still damned important. Are you targeting either Cam Newton or Mac Jones in your upcoming fantasy drafts? And if so, and get your hands on them in your roster, are you starting them, stashing them, or passing on them and forgetting everything I said all together? Mac Jones I will pass on for now for the main reason that I don't think he's going to play, and I don't really know what to expect from him fantasy-wise if he is in there because the offense is going to look different with him compared to Cam Newton. Mr. Cam Newton, I might be a little interested in stashing him. Despite all of the issues he had last year, he was number 15 quarterback. And kind of like I'm saying, there were a lot of weeks where he had some, whether it's his personal issues health-wise or the rest of the team, a lot of issues still got him up to number 15. And I think he improves on that because there were a lot of weeks, especially when the you know the recipe was right, he was healthy, the team was looking healthy, that he put up some legit points because I yeah. think people are overlooking or underlooking what he's able to do with his legs, giving you those you know 50-plus rushing yards, giving you those extra points, and maybe a rushing touchdown or two because those touchdowns, if you're in a standard league, yeah, fucking huge. are huge compared to passing touchdowns. So I will take a stash on him. With some tentativeness, because there is going to be some weeks where he puts up some bad fantasy weeks. Maybe he'll look good as far as game management on the actual field, non-fantasy-wise. But, you know, a little tentative. But I'll stash him. I will stash Mr. Cam Newton here. I pretty much agree with everything that you said. And the only thing that I might say is he might be worth a starting spot. But, again, I just don't know what we're going to see through the first four weeks of the season. And I think that's why he falls more into that stash position. I I like him. I like him a lot. And you mentioned the potential rushing touchdowns, and that sends his ceiling up to the sky. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know how long we'll be able to depend on him. I'm a little bit lower. You don't think he's ever going to come out. You think he's going to play all 18. And I think that Matt could possibly in there be in there by week five, okay. and that's what we see. Okay. So I'm going to stay away from this quarterback room in general. I think that um, th- that Mac and Cam, well, actually mostly Cam, will be around when we generally target quarterbacks yeah. in oh, the very yeah. late yeah, round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, We'll see. I don't know. Oh, hey, rough and rowdy is this weekend. Just got an email about that. Hey, (laughs) shout out Fez, Brian in the uh, chat there. Uh, If you want to take Justin Fields number one overall, be my uh, guest, my friend. Um, If you didn't read my tweet this morning about why Matt Nagy thinks that the offense has um, or is just about to take off, apparently this Nagy offense takes about two to three to four (laughs) years to actually really get up and get some speed and take the fuck off into flight. So apparently this is the year that we are finally just going to see all the pieces come together and everything really go. But hey, 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 don't you even mention that Fields word. Don't you even say that Fields word because it's Andy Dalton week one, week two, week three, week four, and maybe even week five if you guys keep talking so damn much about Justin Fields. That's what's coming out of Matt Nagy's mouth right Hmm. now. And I am getting so sick and fucking tired of it. I am ready to jump off the 
TTL Production Studios balcony and never look at another piece of Bears information again. But I will continue to relax, have faith that everything is going to work out in my favor, and I see Justin Fields in week one, and we are not trying to bubble wrap him and keep him safe. We're not talking about the Bears, though, but thanks for the comment, my man. I appreciate it. You got me on a fucking rabbit hole. Thanks a lot. Running backs. All right, I'll kick things off here. Now, as far as Damian Harris goes and James White. Now, they are going for me. Harris will fall in that RB2, maybe week-to-week flex tier. I'm not sure exactly what we see from him. Obviously, James White has been damn good over the course of uh, the last few years as a, a flex stash. Maybe you can really get him in a good matchup, especially in PPR. His points are through the roof from week to week. But I think he stays kind of in that flex spot. And I think, I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to draft him early, but definitely for dynasty purposes and maybe even sometime around the 7th, 8th week of the season, you have Ramondre Stevenson in your lineup on your bench and you're able to bring him in and he might start giving you RB2 numbers. Yeah, I think Ramondre Stevenson is worth a stash if you can get him in the late rounds because I think he will be at an excellent price for what we might see from him this year. And then... I'm going. I'm not going to go out of my way for Damian Harris. I think there is at least 15 other guys, 20 other guys, if not, I'd want at my RB2 position mm-hmm. before I target Damian Harris. Now, I'm not going to say you're shit out of luck if he's there, but definitely look through the tiers. Yeah, kind of, kind of get some rankings set up for running backs. It's really critical, especially when you get to guys with names like this. Like, ah, they could produce, but there might be five, six other guys who are going to consistently produce better than they do. Right. So. That's my opinion there. And then James White, I'd like to have him as just a stash week to week, maybe a, a good, um, uh, what do you call it, good opponent he's facing. Yeah. And you can just kind of plug and play him, one of those streaming options from week to week. But I'm not going to waste a draft spot on him. If nobody gets him, I'll definitely potentially pick him up off the waiver wire mm-hmm. or waste a red flag on him either way. Not the highest uh, I've ever been on a running back room by any means. As far as it goes right now, I'm going to stash them all um, kind of going into 2021 here and uh, maybe potentially one breaks out that you can stuff into your RB2 spot. Okay. I'm going to stash Stevenson just because of his potential and what we've seen from him. I'm going to pass on the other two guys, not saying that they don't have value. I just am not a fan of having any New England running backs on my roster because throughout the season – this offense typically cycles through running backs. You know, one guy has a really nice week. You think he's going to be the guy it's a going forward. It is a carousel. You know, maybe he looks at Bill Belichick the wrong way in practice, or maybe <laughs> he is late to a practice because that has happened. Someone was, I don't know if he was late to a practice, whatever. He looked awesome the week before, and then he's a ghost the rest of the season. Yeah. That's a little drastic. I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but, you know, I just don't know who's going to be the bell cow, Damian Harris or Stevenson. James White. Still has some value, like you said, but with this new style of offense with Cam Newton at the helm, he really dropped off last year. Only 8.3 average, even in PPR last year. So I don't have too much interest in James White. Like you said, if he's there, I'm not wasting a draft spot. Maybe I'll take him if I've got extra room. But for the most part... I'll stash Stevenson just because he's got potential. Other than that, I'm passing on the rest of them. Yeah, I I would more lean to the pass side of things. The more you talked about it there, it's just it's so hard to roster a New England Patriots running yeah. back with just not knowing. But I think if I'm going to target anybody and try and stash anybody, guys might overdraft James White, might overdraft Damian Harris, and you might be able to find Ramondre Stevenson just hanging out around there in the 10th, 11th round, and you're like, holy hell. 
stash him. He might have a week where he will absolutely blow up and maybe he has a breakout week and then everybody's running to the waiver wire to find him because he's only rostered in 45% of the leagues. But you were the smart one that listened to the Talking the Line podcast and rostered him and screwed everyone else in your league. Told you here first. Hey, 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 hey. As I always say, call me crazy now. Feel free to quote me later, bitch. But moving right along into the wide receiver room. Bitch. Here we go. Um, not a whole lot of value here either. I I tend to not like rostering New England wide receivers as much as I don't like rostering New right. England running backs. Kendrick Bourne would be the most valuable out of this room for me. Obviously, now we have no fucking clue what's going on with Nelson Aguilar. He right. leaves practice today, exits with the training staff. Right. Kendrick Bourne did have flashes here or there, could put you up some solid flex numbers with a wide receiver f- three floor from week to week when he was with the 49ers, but I don't I don't necessarily know that he's going to have anything in that ballpark, or maybe he doesn't even crack double digits this whole year. Jacoby Myers, eh. And outside of that, I'm not interested in anybody. Else. I was super high on Nikhil Harry last year and just didn't pan out the way yeah. that I thought it was, and he kind of just became a New England pass or a mm-hmm. pass catcher and, and it's just so hard to depend on these guys it tends to be a carousel too uh in this room and whether that's because of positional groupings whether that's because they're running a bunch of 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field which i think they're gonna do that a lot this right. year with henry and smith on the field i think you need to avoid the hell out of this wide receiver room maybe put a red flag on Bourne or one of the other guys if something happens but Man, oh man, they're not worth a roster spot, and you can definitely find half a dozen, dozen, if not more, other guys that are worth a bench spot before you go looking at the New England wide receivers. Yeah. Partner, what do you think? I'm right there with you, my man. I don't want to say that I'm fully passing on these guys because I'm not yet. Yeah, like again, I just, I'm not saying they don't have value, but like you said, it's a carousel, and whether that's who's on the field or who's going to be the one getting the targets out of this room, sometimes they just don't get targets. But I think it's going to be the majority of the weeks. There's going to be one wide receiver that's going to have a solid week for you in fantasy, but it's going to be really up in the air as far as which of these main three are going to be that guy. So for that matter, I am going to pass on these guys for the most part. If for some reason, I can't imagine it's going to happen, they get through the entire draft and they're on waivers, I'll maybe take him just to, uh, you know, have a guy out of desperation. But for the most part, give me a clean pass. Jacoby Myers, I am a little interested in, but he scored, I believe, zero touchdowns last year. 59 catches, 729 yards. Couple that with a nice touchdown number, they might have some value there. But aside from that, no thank you. Give me a hard pass. Leave him be. Pass from both of us out of the start, stash, or pass options. Tight ends, partner, kicking it back to you. John New Smith, Hunter Henry. I'm a little concerned. Who the hell do we pick? Right. Give me your best advice. Yeah, I'm, I want to say concerned. I'm excited uh, from an actual football standpoint. As far as a fantasy standpoint, I do think that both of these guys have value. Which of, the, which of them has the more value is definitely going to be the question. Which of them do they both put up consistent weeks every single week? Because like you said, I think they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel and feed both of these guys mm. quite a bit. Mm. I don't know if I'm willing to try and pick whichever one of these guys because I could see one of them being in that top 10 tight end range, but I kind of envision both of them being just outside of that top 10 range where it's a little just inconsistent. And while one of these guys is going to have a good week, maybe just about every single week, the other one might have some bad weeks. So 
I guess I'll stash, I guess is my answer, because right. I think they have value, but I just don't know. I, I certainly would like to have a different tight end to have some type of decent feeling that my tight end on a week-to-week basis is going to be putting up production. So give me a stash. I don't think there's going to be any problem there, and I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw when Gronk and Hernandez were together. Okay. As crazy as that sounds, as much as we're not going down the Hernandez rabbit hole, <laughs> don't even think about that. Uh, I think it's very similar production. I really, really think it's going to be similar production. I I would start start with, rather, start with Jonu Smith. If you're targeting either one of them, start with Jonu Smith. He was the first guy Belichick signed in the legal tampering period. Legal tampering period hadn't even started for an hour, and he already had him locked down for a $50 million contract. Right. So I think this is going to be his guy. I think this is who's going to get the majority of the workload. But I also think Henry Henry Henry's going to be able to slot in there from time to time. If I was desperate and these two guys were available, I would select Smith first, but I am tentative. Who the hell knows if Henry starts breaking out too, and maybe they both have TE1 value. They definitely both have that ability, but what are we going to see with what's going on and and what who's going to get the majority of the workload? Right. I don't know. So I would say if you're thinking about targeting one, you're thinking about going somewhere, I'd say target Jonu Smith first just because he was Bill's first choice and first selection. So okay. he's going to be mine Fair as enough. well. I, right. I trust Bill. All right. Well, hey, we can't leave these guys out. They're people too. We're talking about kickers, ladies and gentlemen, and um, actually one that you can definitely uh, definitely look at as worth a spot. I wouldn't uh, run to one of these guys as some of the guys I've talked about in the past, or we have also talked about in the past. Nick Folk will most likely be their starting kicker, but they also uh, had a little bit of competition going on right now. They got Quinn Norton in there behind him, so we'll see who gets the official start. It should be Nick Folk again. He wasn't too bad. Um, wasn't uh, a guy that uh, maybe maybe would win you a whole bunch of games. He'd keep you right there in them, but there's definitely some kickers that'll win you some games, and I don't think Nick Folk is one of them. So I wouldn't waste a roster spot on him. If you are in a pinch pickle and uh, you don't end up getting him, I would say he's definitely going to be one of the top 15 kickers in the league for sure. So uh, you can definitely bank on that if you are in a pickle. So I would say pass, but pickle spot, start him okay yeah i can't add too much on that i i might even pass on him actually i think there's like you said a lot of guys that have more value here <laughs> cody parkey has actually been uh waived <laughs> by the browns and they actually did him a favor because he fucked up his hamstring uh-huh. they wrote in a little clause so he can as soon as he's healed he can sign right with another team and be ready to rock mm-hmm. and roll so hey maybe we see cody parkey double doinking for the giants this season oh okay early early prediction we are so low on the giants maybe that's the team that uh just gets the final nail in the coffin last but not least wrapping up start stash or pass the defense i am extremely high on the defense give me them worth a roster spot absolutely i think they finish well within the top 10 defensive units this year per fantasy points i think their special teams does some stuff from week to week they're going to get you at least 10 from week to week. I don't envision many weeks where they're going to have less than 10 points. If I had to say one, maybe the Bucks, maybe the Saints, if they can put something up on them, maybe the Browns, maybe the Bills. Outside of that, I think it's going to be solid, solid, solid production. And then you can maybe put a red, a red flag on somebody else to backfill them in when they do play some of those hard matchups. But I think in at least 14 out of the 18 games, it's going to be 10 point plus for you from the Patriots 
and fantasy this year. Yeah, I'll also take them as well. They were the number 12 defense last year, despite all the issues they did have with their roster personnel and injuries. So with everyone coming back, even 90% of their roster, if they can stay healthy, I really like this defense. I think they're going to be top 10, if not top five, much like you, partner. So give me this team as well. No question about it. All right. Well, there you go. We both love the defense. Uh, maybe the position we love the most out of the Patriots. Maybe mm -hmm. the position you should target the most out of the Patriots if you have been following along. Well, that does it. That is all of the core positional groupings that you can play on your fantasy roster. So that officially puts a cherry on top of the proverbial banana split that uh, was start, stash, or pass here today. Thanks for tuning in. All right. That really does it. That is Start, Stash, or Pass. That is the full betting preview, the full schedule breakdown, and the entire coaching staff and lineup analysis. We ain't got nothing else for you, but we do got to send the Patriots on their way into the 2021 season before we get to the rest of today's show. So, as always, to Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and Steve Belichick, we wish you the best of luck going into 2021. Every single player on that offense, we wish you nothing but electricity pulsing through your offensive veins. Everybody on the defense, nothing but hard, hitting, nose, power coming out of every single one of your players. And we wish you all the best, every single one of you in the Patriots organization. Good luck. And Godspeed. Godspeed. All right, that does it, my friends. Let's put a. Uh, we'll 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 go. We'll start a Sunday now okay. that we have uh, wrapped up the banana split. A whipped cream first. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll do a little whipped cream on top of the proverbial Sunday that is the Talking the Line podcast. As always, partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 110 on this beautiful August 25th, 2021. All righty. So let's dive into Mr. Bill Belichick here for a quick second. Where would you, uh, without looking at it, where would you slot him at all-time wins? Where do you think he is on the all-time wins list in the NFL history of head coaches? Third overall. Did you see my list? No. Okay, he's third. No shit. <laughs> he is third. Fuck. So <laughs> he's I got would, 280 I, on, wins. Don't, don't, okay. don't, don't tell me, because I would put Shula uh -huh. above him. Uh -huh. Is that right? Number one. Fuck. Okay. Fuck. Oh, I'm doing good. Oh, uh... Oh, who would be two? Who would be two? Who would be two? Has two recently been inducted into the Hall of Fame? No chance. It's oh, oh it's fuck. way back. Um, Lombardi? Nope. Okay. Who is it? Uh, Mr. George Hallis, Papa Bear. Papa Bear, come on! What am I doing? He was your coach for quite a while. What am I doing? Uh, Vince isn't uh, too high on that list. He basically only coached for about twelve years, but maximized his uh, opportunities when he was there. But uh, as far as the all-time wins list, 280 for Mr. Bill Belichick. I have to imagine he's going to want to stick around so we can get to the top of that list if I know uh, Bill Belichick. Yeah, so what he's got, he's got 280, and then Shula's got 328, 328. 318 for Hallis. So, yeah, so I mean, that's... 48, I mean... That's more than doable. Yeah, five, I mean, five seasons? Well, shit, I predicted it. If he has the turnaround this season that we're guessing, I mean, he, right. it buys him. If buys him is even the right term, no, once that's again. That's not the right term. <laughs> another, <laughs> another five to ten years. I mean, it gives him another 10 years yeah. to dominate is right. what I should say. So, hey, thanks for your sidebar as always, partner. 
thanks for the information. And uh, finally, I'm uh, I'm smart here for once. Hey, I, I, I almost got, I got two Schumann. out of three. Missed, missed old uh, Papa Bear. Your own guy but, there, but, but now uh, I wouldn't have guessed that without looking at the list. Now so. I'll never miss Papa Bear ever again. So I know the top three, and now you guys do too. And now we know that uh, right around 48, 49, maybe 50 more wins for Bill, and he'll be number one overall. And if we know Bill Belichick, he's probably going to stick around for every single one of them. Might even get up to 350 and just say, ha, try and catch these boys. Maybe. All right. Well, that is our mag sidebar, my friends. Well, you had another win. Sorry to cut you off. Now every other coach throughout history has got an extra week to – Oh, no, another win oh. opportunity to add to that. So he's got to really pad his number there. Jeez, so now he's uh, he's got hell of an hell, opportunity he's going for to 400. go. He might go for 400. <laughs> he might go for 450. Who knows? The legend of Bill Belichick will continue. Probably, I could see 31, 35 years with the Patriots. Another I mean, 10? I know that's insane, but I I could see it. Like, I could, can you? I, I can't even imagine. Like, as long Who are as they bringing in? As long as he's healthy. Well, either McDaniel's, McDaniels or his son. Bump him up, but yeah, that's it. I don't think that's the problem. I just that's can't. It. I just can't envision a healthy Bill. Belichick Belichick, even at 85 years old, just sitting at his home, not doing right. uh, 24 hours worth of football, right. you know, consumption. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Well, once again, thank you for your sidebar partner. And uh, I appreciate it. I know they do too, because it just adds to our knowledge tool belt every time you that's indulge the, us. You know, we had the whipped cream. Now that's the old sprinkles there. A little sprinkle action. Let me add maybe uh, a little, little syrup, chocolate syrup. A little chocolate syrup around there. A uh, little caramel in between <laughs> as well. Hey, that was a hell of a debate yesterday. Caramel or caramel? Oh, uh, caramel. Caramel. I'm a caramel. I, I, if I say it fast, it's, but I just said caramel, so I, I don't know what I say, but it's spelled caramel. We all know it, but everybody says caramel. I don't fucking know. Drop it in the chat. What do you guys think? Either way, a little bit of hot fudge and caramel on the proverbial Sunday to wrap things up here. A uh, couple of updates. As far as the daily show, I already said it on today's show, but Friday is going to be another double season preview. We're doing Giants-Jets, both New York teams. We'll uh, have a lot of good things to say about them for sure. So make sure you tune into that one. And then we'll be back to regular single season previews until next Friday. Next Friday, September the 3rd, we are putting a pause on the special edition just for a second and doing an entire college football special edition. Mm Mm-hmm. I was going to say season preview, not really season preview, kind of ish, whatever. It's week zero this week. Um, If you do have any futures, which I might put out a few futures if you are following me on the Action app, make sure you get your college football futures in before this Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. That is when the markets close. At least like the conference ones, At least the conference, and that's, well, not the conference ones, um... Uh, maybe like the Heisman winners. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, some of the conference ones too. But like the college football playoff, all that stuff stays open throughout the course right. of the year. And obviously odds will adjust. But if you're doing like Heisman winners or any of those typical things, make sure you get them in before this Saturday. And then we'll be back to business as usual that following Monday. That'll be the 6th, September the 6th. Then September the 8th, that Wednesday, that will be our last... NFL special edition of the Talking the Line pod. We will wrap it up with the Washington football team. There's also going to be a fucking humongous announcement on September the 8th. Really? Absolutely electrifying nuclear bomb coming out of the Talking the Line sports media crew as you know it. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. 
we have to finalize and confirm one more thing to make sure that the 8th will be the date. But it does look like it. We have made some contacts. We have got some confirmations. We have got some stuff looking good. And I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, very, very, very soon, you will be able to connect with the crew and with some of the biggest names in the sports gambling industry and beyond in a way that you have never been able to before. And that's what I'm going to leave that at. I cannot wait to bring this to you guys. As the day goes on, days go on, it has been a grind. It is an entirely new thing I am having to learn. And if you guys haven't been around for a whole bunch of time, you know, we didn't go to school for none of this shit. No, sir. And it is a walking miracle that we're able to be live on YouTube every mm -hmm. single day and me not crash the entire infrastructure of the internet for the United States. It's a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but we get it done. So I am grinding to make this look as good, as crisp, as clean, as great as I want it to look before we roll it out. So, September the 8th, right now, just a half a circle around the old calendar on that date. Not 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 the full circle yet. Got to confirm something. Actually, today we are going to be confirming something in regards to that. So I hope this is getting you excited. I hope this is getting you juiced up as me and getting those antennas. What the fuck is Colt talking about? Very soon, my friends. Maybe even by the end of this week. Maybe Friday. Don't hold me to it, but maybe Friday. Definitely starting next week. Last but not least... The Friday after the last, or the Thursday, I'm sorry. The Thursday after that Wednesday. Obviously, Thursday comes after Wednesday, Colton. <laughs> September the 9th. That is the first official NFL regular season game, boys versus Bucks. It is down. It is going down in Tampa Bay. Now, it'll be back to business as usual then. We'll give you uh, some props. We'll probably toss together an SGP. We'll obviously have our best bets of the night. And then from then on out, it's back to normal TTL pod episodes, just like you've known to come and love. Colts best bets of the day, Armag's best bets of the day, special play of the day, money line dice oh, coming baby. back, baby. I miss them. And then since we have gotten a little bit better at our time constraints and being able to kind of do that stuff throughout there, obviously we'll have a lot less stuff to cover, so it'll kind of slim everything down. So we might have a little extra time for those rants and reactions. We even forgot we were doing those. So we might bring back some rants and reactions, maybe do about a half hour, hour, depending on what we do, or we might change it entirely and have something along the lines of rants and reactions as a whole new show. That is not what's coming up on September the 8th. So hey, you thought you called me, but not at all. So if you have uh, been waiting for us to get back to business as usual, don't fret. It's coming right around the corner, September the 9th, actually September the 8th. When the NFL regular season starts, we are back in business. NFL, college football, MLB playoffs. Before you know it, college basketball. Next six to eight months of nothing but ticket cashing. That's a promise from me to you. Promise. All right, so those are all the dates you guys need to know about. Everything uh, to keep in the back of your mind as we uh, continue to rock and roll here. Uh, 15 official days to the NFL season. Holy shit! All right, outside of that, 
Other little reminders, I already told you at the top of the show, just in case you weren't here, uh, make sure you hit the uh, link tree in this episode's description. That way you can follow us on all of our social platforms, get all of our additional content. Make sure you stop by the TalkingTheLine.com website. Uh, there's a web- website edis- editor at the Talking the Line Sports Media Company that uh, puts a lot of effort mm. into those day by day, mm. and uh, he'd really appreciate it if you stopped by and checked that out. Uh, he told me that, but uh, don't want to tell, tell you his name or what he does, but I will tell you that uh, you definitely want to uh, stop by the TalkingTheLine.com website. Uh, in addition to that, if you haven't already hit that like button, leave us a like, leave us a comment, all that good stuff. Um, it just helps us make TTL bigger and better for you guys and, uh, helps those connections get bigger and stronger. So we can just make this thing go to the moon outside of that. We are still cashing tickets. We sure are. Before I wrap this thing up, make sure you can find them at talkingtheline.com. If you haven't heard me say that about 20 times already. But you can also, if you have the Action Network app, you can follow all of our best bets on the Action app. I am at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Riley is at RMAGS in all caps. And then once we get back to the regular scheduled programming, you can find our best bets of the day at Talking the Line. Be a little tentative on the uh, overall record on that bad boy. We were doing solid right as we started that, and it was kind of our MLB slide mm-hmm. at that point. And it's been a 50%, 45% wheel spinner on that and when we stopped it. So just be tentative on that. We'll be back to cash the tickets. We will be. No question. Don't you worry. All right. That does it for me, partner. Any late breaking news? Anything that I owe? Dak Prescott expected to throw in seven on sevens tomorrow. His first competitive work since the first week of training camp per David Hellman at Hellman DC on Twitter. So huge news coming out of the star, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like Dak Prescott will be ready to rock and roll. And then minor news, nothing major. Joey B, Joe Burrow, going to take some snaps for the Bengals this upcoming week against Miami on Sunday. That is per Paul Denner Jr. at Paul Denner Jr. on Twitter. Hail. Thanks again for all of the uh, updates and information. If you guys, I got mags onto this last year, the Fantasy Life app. Oh, yeah. Instantaneous information, injuries, updates, news. You need to know about it to cash tickets and do good in fantasy. Get the Fantasy Life app by Matthew Barry. You will not be disappointed. That is a free plug and a half. We have no relation to them. It is the shit. That is how I am always up to date on that. They keep me up to date. Fantasy Life is top notch. It's like Twitter, but specifically fantasy uh, updates and advice. Absolutely. So there you go. There you have it. All right, let me wrap up today's show, my friends. Let me wind it on down a little bit. We're all over the place right there. Last but certainly not least, let me put the official cherry on top of the proverbial Sunday that's been today's TTL pod with my Motivation Minutes. Now, if you hadn't been around, um, kind of switch things up. We're going a little bit more relaxed. We're going a little bit more Hey, we're all fucking human beings here, you know? I, I never never claim to be a swami, never claim to be a genius. Uh, I don't want to sit up here and try and preach to you guys and, oh, this is how you should do. I've just found things that I apply in my life on a day-by-day basis that help me survive minute-by-minute, moment-by-moment. So I figure, hey, just share them with you. Maybe we can all survive this thing called life. What do you say? Well, the theme of this week is uh, kind of been all circled around you are in charge of your own happiness and chasing your dreams and passions and not staying stuck 
in situations that you know aren't good for you or create anxiety for you or you look at a, a situation or maybe your job or relationship or whatever and you look at it and you can honestly look at it and say it's going nowhere or doing anything for your life but yet you choose to stay stuck in that because there's some level of comfort to that or maybe somebody told you that that was the right thing to do and that's actually what I wanted to focus on today because I faced it myself as me and Mags were deciding to take this leap in this journey and I cannot tell you how appreciative and grateful I am every damn day that we decided to stand on the ledge and see if we could spread our wings and fly because it has been such an amazing journey to this point and I cannot wait to even see what the next month holds let alone the next week mm -hmm. I cannot wait I had a lot of people that wanted to give me their opinions that wanted to tell me why I shouldn't do it, what would go wrong, would tell me what I would encounter when they hadn't even placed a legal sports bet in their life, would tell me what I needed to do to become successful, what I should do with my personal life, and that's just to name five things on a hand. I could probably keep mm -hmm. going through the rest of my fingers and toes. And it was partially my fault. I kept going to everybody wanting some sort of confirmation, wanting some sort of this is the right move to make. But unfortunately, I was never going to fucking get it. And let me tell you why. Because those people's lives are not my life. What goes on in my head and what makes me tick and makes me happy and makes me feel a sense of fulfillment every single day is not the same for them. And that's not their fault. That's not something you should hate somebody over. And you shouldn't cut them out of your lives and screw you, Colton told me I don't need your opinion, <laughs> fuck you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is take it all with a grain of salt. At the end of the day, you the brain rolling around in your head and the spirit you feel right here that is the real you, you know I always talk about the brain as a muscle, you use it to your advantage. When you start to make that conscious effort to do what you want to do, the limitations are removed, my friend. And it's extremely hard. I will not lie to you. It is hard to make a decision and not lean on anybody else for advice. Mm -hmm. It is hard as shit. And if I didn't have this guy feeling the same emotions that I was, thinking the same fucking things at the same time that I was, I don't know what I would have done in some cases. Right. It would have been a lot harder, for sure. But it was the right choice to make. Because I get farther and farther along and I realize this is what really makes me happy. Coming to you guys live every single day and sharing my goofy opinions and thoughts on sports bets and the world of sports. I love it. I get up and, and I am charged up. I'm excited every single day. And I want you guys to feel that too. And if you've been tentative, if you've been waiting, if you've been thinking about getting out of that job or that relationship or that circumstance or whatever it might be, and you're living your life in chains because of that, and you know it. Take the key out of your back pocket, my friend, and unlock that lock and get ready to burst through every possible door.
that you could imagine. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to have to take the courageous step and not worry about any other, anybody else's opinion, anybody else's thoughts, anybody else's concerns, because they will all tell you something different and it will only screw you up in the head even more. So, little suggestion before I close it out here today. If you are struggling, not listening to other people's advice, you want to reach out and you want to know, you, you just have that eating inside of you, well, I can tell you a way to alleviate it. Get out a piece of paper. You might laugh at me. Line down the middle, a line across the top. Pros, cons. And sit there in silence, no distractions, no phone, no nothing. You might laugh at me, but it works. Write down the pros and the cons of what you are in. And wherever, whatever side fills up, my friends, it's not rocket science. You know the move to make. Make the move, burst through the door, and don't look back. You're going to open that door, it's going to be dark, it's going to be scary. But just keep going, and it'll eventually get a little bit lighter and a little bit lighter. And you will eventually see that your eyes have adapted to your brand new life. So today, my friends, not for me, for you. Remember, you don't have to listen to everybody else's opinions. And their opinions are not responsible for your happiness. And that does it for my motivation minutes of the day. Great stuff, my man. Just obviously. Been- Murdering it yes, this week. Seriously. Murdering dude. it. <laughs> I can't add too much. I mean, you know, given our current situation and what we've done, I typically equate these types of stuff to jobs and whatnot. But as you mentioned, it's not necessarily just a job or maybe you have something you want to do. There might be a freaking relationship that you want to get out of because mm-hmm. it ain't right. And mm-hmm. another thing that's going to be just as tough as kind of what we talked about. But if it's got to be done, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. And, you know, another thing that kind of popped into my head here. When you go and reach out to every single other person, maybe they're in your tight circle or they're not in your tight circle, or maybe it it tends to be they're really not in your tight circle. They just have a background in what you're struggling with. So then you spew out everything to that person and that person goes tells 50 people. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, all your dirty laundry Mm -hmm. is out all over everywhere. And I don't know about you. But me, I don't do that shit. <laughs> That's why I, I can count them on my my hands, my fingers, the people that I trust enough to uh, tell everything a day to day. And and I know it sucks. I know it's not the uh, greatest uh, greatest way to live from time to time. But trust me, in the long term, making those tough decisions and doing what's right in your heart and what you know is going to get you the farthest in this life. Because one final thought, I've said it a million times before. Last time I checked. They don't make any two-bedroom caskets. Mm. I'll leave you with that. So that officially does it for my motivation minutes. All right, partner. One last look. Let's take a peepski. And we got some action starting in about 10 minutes uh, yeah, here, the, if I'm uh, not mistaken. The Detroit Tigers. Yes, hashtag sir. Detroit Roots versus hashtag STL Fly. About to rock and roll. Holy shit, we got another Fantasy Life update. dan dan it has been officially named out of the Denver Broncos organization. Head coach Vic Fangio has named wow. the week one starting quarterback. And it is 
Our guy, Teddy Two Gloves, wow. baby. Teddy Bridgewater is getting the week one start for the Denver I Broncos. It. I predicted Drew Locke would get the start, but he would be out of there early. <laughs> we both but Teddy B is getting the week one start. Wow. I love it. I love it. I think the Broncos have way more of a ceiling now than what we originally anticipated. Holy cow. They start Giants, Woo! Jags, Jets their first Woo! three fucking weeks. Three, three and, and oh, Teddy Two Gloves wow. going to be lighting up the scene. Oh, my goodness. Hey. I did not. I, like you, I thought Drew I was going to get. talk. Oh, my oh, goodness. Wow. I thought Drew was going to get the start and get yanked after a few weeks. But wow. wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, well. There you go. That being said, hey, you guys officially know how doggone close we're getting to the NFL Seriously, dude. Season. We were now, talking a week or two. We didn't like, have any man, breaking there's news. There's no news. This is bullshit. <laughs> like, we want to be able to break news, too, and, like, have fun on the show. Well, we are now, ladies and gentlemen. It is officially 15 days away, and the news is flying in left and right. Starters, injuries, updates, fantasy, bets. We got it all right here at the Talking the Line podcast. So let's send y'all about your Wednesdays the only way we know how. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, NFL gamblers, fans of the New England Patriots, fantasy football players, anyone I might have forgotten or left out, far and wide from myself and Mags. Thank you so much for stopping by the Talking the Line podcast today. Thank you for all of your support and following. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do. And I've actually forgotten this the past couple of days, and it's one of the most important parts. We hope you have a spectacular rest of your Wednesday, unless you have other plans. Make sure you check out our best bets of the day, even though we're not dishing them out on the pod. That way you can meet us at the pay window and soon say right along with us on every damn show. Let's cash some tickets.